0: Praise the Lord. Welcome in everyone to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host Ted Johnson and as always let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's remember each and every one that is sick. Uh, there's so many different things going around at this point in time. Uh, coronavirus and uh, sinus infection and head colds and Stomach viruses and, and everything else. So let's remember all those that are sick tonight. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to bow and to call upon your name. And God, I ask, Lord, tonight, Lord God, that you would just touch each and every one of those that are lost, dear God. Lord, just touch their hearts, dear God, and just open their spiritual eyes, dear God, and let them see the road they're traveling, and let them see, dear God, exactly where it leads, and be with each and every one of those that are sick and body, dear God. I pray, Lord, that you would just touch them, dear God, whether it's a coronavirus or sinus infection or or flu or, or the stomach virus that's going around, whatever it may be, dear God, I ask, Lord, that... Uh, that you will just touch them, dear God, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, and make them completely whole. And Lord, just have Your way in this, um, in this teaching tonight, dear God. Lord, just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, that I will speak the words that you will have the people to to hear, dear God. Lord, that someone may receive something out of out of what I'm doing, dear God. And Lord, I just thank you and I praise you and I glorify you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 6. And uh, remember, remember, this is Moses. He's still teaching, uh, going over everything that has happened to the children of Israel since uh, they left Egypt, and uh, how they take... Uh, Messed up and how many times they messed up and everything. And uh, he, he's trying to get them to understand that even though that they they messed up and they failed and they got in trouble and they got chastised, they are still God's chosen people. And that's just like us today. We say, well, you know, I, I've i done this and I've done that and, and the Lord don't want nothing to do with me. No, no that's not right. That's, that's just a lie from Satan. There, there is only one sin that I know of that God will not forgive you of in this life nor the life to come, and that's the sin against the Holy Ghost. Everything else, he will forgive you of it. And uh, he's trying to get them to realize that they haven't done anything that God will not forgive them for. And, you know, we are the same way. You know, there's, there's things in our life that, uh, that we have done. And we thought, we think that they're oh God, this is a, the worst thing it ever was, but it's not, you know, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. If you just realize that you are, uh, that you are in sin and then, and, and if you die and left this world, that you would go to hell and, you want to change your ways, and you ask God to forgive you, and uh, ask Him to come and to live into your heart. He will do that. He will do that. And there's nothing Don't let nobody or Satan or anybody else tell you that you have done something uh, so bad that you cannot give get forgiveness for, him because it, it just ain't. It just not not possible. Okay, about. He's trying to get them to realize that the blessing is still theirs. God even though they had to spend 40 years in the wilderness more than they should have, their blessing is still there. Even though Moses uh is not going and Aaron are not going to get to go over into the promised land, the blessing is still theirs. Uh it doesn't matter what um your wife done or your husband done or your children have done, or your pastors done. It, this is a personal thing. This is between you and the Lord. And uh, I can't, I can't go to, I can't uh, live a good enough life to where that it will cover your sins. I can't pray enough. I can't get close enough to God to where uh, my salvation will cover you. It's 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 a personal one-on-one with everybody. And we all have to ask God to forgive us of our sins and to uh, turn from sin, repent from sin, and not go back to sin. So in verse 6 of chapter 10 of Deuteronomy, and the children of Israel took their journey from Beirut of the children of Jenkin to Morsrah, There Aaron died, and there he was buried. But Elzar, his son, ministered in the priest's office in his stead. From, uh, the reason why that, that uh, Moses added that in there about um, Elzar taking his place was he wanted the people to know that they still had someone in the priest's office that could uh, offer their sacrifices for them, that could go into the whole, the most holy place and put sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat, he wanted them to know that they was, they was not without a priest. They was somebody there in that office just as, uh, that uh, will work in that office the same way that Aaron did. And he will also have Moses' his back and he will um, he will he will follow Moses just the same way that they do. Um, Wherefore Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren the lord is his inheritance according as the lord thy god promised him and now remember the levites the lord separated them and they don't get a inheritance of land to where that they they live on collectively each uh, each city that is set up they have to have they they the it, the uh, levites go in and they set up round about the city on the outside, outside the walls, or outside the city. They that this is where they they make their homes, their houses is on around the outside of the city. Uh, that way they they can uh, minister unto the city, and they can minister in in the office that the Lord has put them into to to minister to, and they're right there at that city. And each and every city that is set up. There will be Levites, uh, living around that, that city. Wherefore, Levi, and okay, and I stayed in the mount according to the first time, 40 days and 40 nights, and the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also, and the Lord would not destroy them. And the Lord said unto me, Arise. And I said, this is where, uh they had gotten in trouble, and and Moses had to go up and and make intercession for them, and he spent forty days up there, uh, convincing God that that, that he shouldn't uh, destroy the children of Israel, and you know I'm Moses had a lot on him, uh, you know he he had a a group of people that were uh, very easily swayed and very easily uh, sidetracked. Lord calls them several times stiff-necked people or stubborn people or set in their ways. And they they can't seem to get the, the old ways of Egypt out of their system, even though all of those that came out of Egypt originally are are passed on. They're still yet. They they can't seem to get those people, uh, get those things of Egypt out of their system. And take that journey before the people that they may go in and possess the land which I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. Now then, we're right, we're right back where we started to started forty years ago. We're right at the going in to possess the promised land. And before, and just instead of, I guess, instead of just dumping it all on them at one time, tell them we're going to go in and do this, Moses decides that he's going to uh, talk to the people, and he's going to go back over the whole time from the time they left Egypt up until now, and he's going to uh, let them know about everything that happened to them and let them know that even though all these things happened, even though I'm not going to get to go into the promised land, and uh, Aaron didn't uh, didn't get to go into the promised land, you all are going to get to the promise. Still stands. God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob many many years ago that they that their seed would go in and possess this land, and Moses to tell them all right you're going in not to give up hope and you have got to have faith and you have got to remember what you've done and what happened because of what you've done. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing that we, we, we seem to forget because, you know, there's many times in the Bible when it talks about uh, not looking back. Uh, But, you know, the thing that, the thing that the Bible is talking about is, uh, you looking back and desiring to go back to there. See the children of Israel. So many times said, "I wish we were back in Egypt by the flesh pots." Uh, they wanted to be back. I see. They, they, they remembered. They had plenty to eat. They had houses. They had plenty of water. They had food, uh, clothing. Had everything that they needed. But the one thing that they forgot is they forgot all the hardships that the uh, people of Egypt put upon him, uh, and uh, you know that's the one thing we forget. We we remember all the good things of when we were back in sin, but we forget all the bad things that happened to us while we were back there. So now then, we've got to uh, we've got to remember that we have got to uh, remember all the bad things that happened to us back there. And as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing back there that I want. Uh, I, I remember what I'd done back in those times. I remember what it was like. I remember what happened to me. I don't want to go back there because now I have figured out that the only place from there's only two places I can go from where I'm at right now. And that's heaven or hell. That's the only two choices I have. And, um, I've got to make a choice and I've got to live by that choice. And if I choose to live for Satan and, uh, all the good things of this, uh, world and all the uh, pleasures and everything of this world, then yes, my home is going to be the lake of fire when it's all said and done. On the other hand, if I choose to live for the Lord and I have some heartaches and, uh, I spend a lot of sleepless nights in prayer, and I, uh, you know, all these, I, I, I get aggravated uh, because of different things, but I'm doing the will of the Lord. And then when it's all said and done, and I leave this world, then heaven is going to be my home, a place of perfection. And, you know, it, it's always going to be that way. So my, my question to you all is, is what choice do you all want to make? And now then, Moses is going to uh, try to exhort them and get them pumped up and, and walk in the ways of the Lord. He's, he's told them exactly how everything is in the land that they're going, going to go take, but he's also letting them know that the Lord is going to be with them. And Now then, he tells them, in, in verse 12, And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve him, serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. What doth the Lord require of thee? What does the Lord require of us what do, what is it that he wants us to do same thing fear the lord thy God fear it's a respect a reverence to be to be afraid of to be feared to make afraid to respect. To reverence. So if we, uh, if we reverence the Lord and we also fear the Lord, in, in other words, we're not afraid uh, that He at any time is going to disown us or uh, send us to hell or anything like that. We fear Him with the respect of knowing what He can do. Yeah, the Bible, in one place, it says, don't fear man who can kill a body, but, ki- but uh, uh, fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. So, yeah, we, uh, man can only take your life here. But uh, the Lord can take your, li- take your life, and he can also uh, send your soul to hell to where that you're going to be in torments, and you think you've got it bad here. Hell ain't, I mean, this ain't even a drop in the ocean as compared to what hell is. Fear the Lord to walk in all his ways, in his ways, course of life, um, made of action, path, journey, a way, to walk on to tread, walk. A journey. We're going to take a journey. We are on a journey. When you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, you started a journey, and this journey has. Uh, it's it's a very narrow path, and it's got a lot of hills. It's got a lot of valleys. It's got a lot of stumbling blocks. It's got a lot of roadblocks. There's a lot of things going on in this. Uh, As we're going on this journey. But always remember. The Lord is always walking with us. So walk in all his ways. All the ways. Walk in the the journey that the Lord has set aside for you. Walk in the path that the Lord has assigned you to. Yes. uh, I'm sure a lot of us would rather have chosen a different path to walk in. But this is the one that the Lord said, I want you to walk in. This is is your path. You're going to walk in this path. And to love him. To have affection for. To have affection for. Someone that you really look up to. Someone that you tell your deepest, darkest secrets to. Someone that uh, above everyone else, you're going to do for them no matter what love him and to serve him serve him work worship to do service serve him serve be a servant to, to our Lord so let's read that, it like this what does the Lord require of thee but to honor reverence the Lord thy God to walk in his path, and to uh, have affectionate for him and to do service for him, the Lord thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with every fiber of your being, do everything that you can to worship the Lord and to follow him and to walk in the way that he has set before you. No, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure a lot of us don't want to walk in that path that he has set before us. I know I did not want to, but I had to, I had to give up and I had to say, Lord, here I am. Show me how you want me to walk. And he showed me the path that I wanted to take. No, I wasn't really fond of it. Well, let me tell you something. After you've been there for a while. You look forward to walking in that path. You look forward to uh, to doing the will of the Lord. You look forward to doing that thing that God has set aside for you to do, and and you enjoy it. And you know that's that's the one thing we've got to. As long as we are in the center of God's will, God is going to bless us, and He's going to use us in every possible in every way possible. But we have to follow Him, and we have to want to work for him and we have to want to uh do the things that he has set aside for us to do. We have to want to. We it's it's something that we do freely because we enjoy it, because we want to. Behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God. The earth also with all therein is I said this to me a long time ago. We think we own houses and cars and land and all that stuff down here, uh, buildings of all different kinds. But really, we do not own but one thing in this world. Everything in this world belongs to God. He made it. It's His. He let us use it to uh, make our life here a little bit more... uh, in, enjoyable and bearable. The only thing that we own in this world is our soul. God will not take it from us. He will not tell us that this is the way that it's going to be, uh, do and and cause us to go that way. He is. Go- he gave us when he made mankind. He gave us a free will. This is something the angels in heaven does not even have, this free will. And we have the free will to say, yes, my soul, when I die, I'm going to live. So when I I die, my soul is going to heaven. Or we have the will to say, I'm going to live for Satan. And when I die, my soul is going to go to hell. You can't live for both because You're either going to love one and hate the other. And let me tell you something, people. If you think you are fooling everybody by going to church uh, and, and living for God on Sunday and then going out the rest of the week and living like the world and living like Satan, you're not fooling nobody but yourself because it's going to catch up with you one of these days. But that's the only thing in this world that we own. Only the only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. You know, as, as I was reading that, I was just thinking, what would it be like to be one man, Adam, uh, Abraham, be one man, Abraham, and he was so close to God that God chose his descendants to be his chosen people. Out of all the people that were in the world at that time, he chose Adam, Abraham, I keep saying Adam, it's Abraham. He chose Abraham to be the father of the Israelites. not this... this this is another one of those stories about Job. You know, of all the people in the world at the time Job was alive, God picked Job for Satan to go down and to try to get him to fail. And it didn't work. And God knew it wouldn't work. Just as sure, just as sure as he knew that Abraham would never change and he would be the same. Uh, he was going to love God no matter what happened and he was going to follow him no matter what happened and I, and he did. And, you know, I, I I admire Abraham and I admire Job for for sticking in there and for uh, worshiping the Lord and trusting in him, in him and having faith in him even though I... Uh, so many things come against them. And some, and there were so many prophecies that uh, naturally there's no possible way for them to happen. But they did. And God blessed him. And God blessed his line, his descendants and everything. And now they have became as uh, the... Uh, the sand of the seas, or the stars in the heaven, they are—they are a great multitude of people, and God has blessed them, even though they have fallen, even though they have come up short, even though they complained and they grumbled and they done and they—they uh, they done all these different things. God still loved them and still. They, he allowed them to, allowed some of them to repent and to go on and to see the promised land, even though they didn't get in. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. said <laughs> in other words. Get all that stuff out of your heart and out of your life that is unlike me. Get rid of all that stuff, all your grumbling and your complaining and your backbiting and your finding fault with everybody and uh, belittling people and talking about people and gossiping. Get rid of all those things. Take all Get all those things out of your life and come and become... Uh, a servant to me so that I can use you to um, to make a better world, if nothing else. You know, because right now, children of God, we're the only glue that's holding this world together. And the glue has about give up. And I'm, And I'm talking about us as children of God. We about give up. So you know we are the glue that's holding this world together right now, and we need to be really on our knees and praying and asking God to, to really move in this world and and get out of our um, compassionless state. We we just don't care about people. We all we care about is our family and nobody else. And we, uh, and we, you know, I. I can remember back many years ago, you know, how that we helped people when things went wrong, their uh, barns burnt, their homes burnt, or someone was in the hospital and couldn't do their work. The community stepped up, and you don't see that anymore. Why? Because we don't care for those people. We are too busy trying to make a name for ourselves too busy trying to grow our bank accounts that we have not got time for anybody else. Well, it's time that we make time for everybody else. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty God, and a terrible God, which regardeth not persons nor taketh rewards. He is Lord of Lords, God of Gods. He is omnipresent. No one like him, nobody close. He is God, and He loves you, but He will execute punishment upon you for failure, uh, for uh, grumbling and complaining. I mean, just just I just we just studied over. All the different things that went on in the children of Israel and what he done to them. He's no respecter of persons. The last part of that is he regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. You can't, you, just because you have got a lot of money and a lot of power, God don't care. Just because that uh, you can, uh, you think you can bribe God, God don't care. God owns it all. I mean listen, the place that he lives in the floors are precious stones. There's a, a street that's paved with the purest gold. You think he cares about your measly million of dollars? Come on, people. We can't we, we can't tell him what to do. We can't bribe him, and he don't care if you've got no money or All the money. It doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is are you saved or are you not? That's it. There's only two types of people in this world as far as God is concerned, and that's the saved and the unsaved. And there's a lot of those that think they fit into the saved category when it comes right down to it, If they don't change their ways, they're going to find out that they they are in the unsaved category and they've been playing church and they've been uh, twisting the Bible and the Word of God around to fit the way that they want to live and they think that they're all right and they're on their way to heaven. But they're, they're going to get a big surprise one of these days. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and the widow. And loveth the stranger in giving him food and rain. He executes the the judgment of the fatherless and the widow. He protects the fatherless and the widow. He protects those that are without. He, He came to this earth looking for those that were in need to minister unto them in whatever way that he could. He fed 5,000. He he fed 4,000. He done so many great and mighty works when he walked upon this earth because he loved people. He even tried in so many different ways to get to the Pharisees and the Sadducees to get them to change their way. He, and he, went, he, got, he got in trouble several times and got talked about by the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he went in and sat down and ate with the publicans and the sinners. The, the two people that nobody else wanted anything to do with, he went in and sat down at their table and ate with them just like they were his brothers and sisters. Those are the people that Christ came to this earth seeking those that were destitute, those that were in need of healing, uh, uh, those that were in need of a touch from some way or another, where it was mind, body, uh, soul, whatever. He came seeking those people. He went out of his way many times to meet just one person that would, that he would never meet any other way. And we can't walk across the street once a week or once a month and make sure our neighbors is all right. Because we don't we don't have the compassion anymore for that. We don't want to be bothered with those people. Those are the people that the Lord came seeking those widows, those fatherless, the ones that didn't have anybody to take care of them. See, that's, that's another thing, church, that we we have come up short on. It's, it's our duty to take care of those people, the fatherless, those kids that are without a father, their mothers working three or four jobs uh, to try to put food on the table and put clothes on their, on their children. And that widow... Uh, Her husband has died, and, you know, it takes a lot to to bury somebody nowadays. And those people, those are the ones that the church is supposed to be taking care of. But the church has gotten to the point to where that they, they don't want those people because they can't contribute any money into the church, so they don't need those people, so they need to go somewhere else. God forgive you. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave, and swear by his name. He is thy praise, and he is thy God. That hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen which thine eyes have seen. Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for a multitude. Thy praise. He is our praise. He's the one that we should be praising. He's the one that we should be lifting up. He's the one that we should be looking to for all of our needs. We, he is the one that, that we should turn all of our worries and all of our anxieties and all those uh, things that we have. We, those are the things that we need to turn over to him. <clears throat> we need to find out what it is that he wants us to do. And we need to put every, every bit of our being into worshiping the Lord and doing that one thing or two things or whatever it is that he wants us to do into action. We have sat around and thought about them and complained about them and argued about them and give God all the reasons why that we can't do it. Now then we need to say, Lord, here I am. Teach me. Teach me, Lord. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to know to do this job, to, to go on this journey that you have put me on, to walk this path that you have set before me. Show me. Teach me. Walk with me. Fear, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Thou shalt reverence him. Thou shalt uh, fear him. Thou, uh, and have respect for him. Because he is a loving God. But he is also a God of chastisement. He is also a God of wrath. And he will bestow b- all his love upon you. But he will chastise you. And he will. If you continually reject him, he will destroy you. I mean, that that's as plain and simple as it gets. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve. And to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. Thou shalt. Fear the Lord thy God; him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave. That means hang on to. Him. That means uh, don't leave him. Right there with him, every step he makes, you're right there. Every everything he tells you to do, you say yes, sir, and you do it. You're 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 as close to him as you can physically get. Cleave unto Him constantly, not just one or two days a week, but seven days a week, 365 days a year. Cleave unto Him, serve Him, worship Him, love Him, be with Him, learn from Him. This is just is the things that the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to, to give ourselves. That's all we have. That's all I, that's all I have to give to the Lord because everything else that I have is his anyway. But I, myself, I give myself to the Lord. And now then what he has me to do, I need to do. No, it's, it's not easy. I'm, I'm going to tell you right up front. It is not easy because There is a war going on inside of us 24 hours a day, good and evil. Sometimes good wins, most of the time good wins, but sometimes evil wins. That's the dimes that we have to ask God to forgive us and do the thing that he wanted us to do to begin with and, and do it. Yeah, I have to ask for forgiveness for a lot of things. But I'm not too proud to ask God to forgive me and to tell God I'm sorry. I messed up. I need help with this. I don't want this to happen again. Does it happen again? So yeah, sometimes it does. And I ask God to forgive me again and to help me with this. I have a problem. I need your help. I cannot do this by myself. See, we you know you have to get to the point to where you're as humble as a little child. And a little child, it, it doesn't, it, they don't really care what they tell you. If they think it's the truth, they will tell you. And they don't care to ask you for help if they need help with something. If they have a broken toy and they think that daddy can fix it, who are they going to call on? They're going to call on daddy. My toy's broken, Daddy. Can you fix it? Lord, I failed this morning. I need you to fix it. I need you to forgive me. I need you to help me not to do that again. Lord, I, I have got a problem with, with my temper. I have got a problem uh, with whatever your problem is. Say, so God, I have a problem, and I cannot fix it by myself. I need your help. Take that problem and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Turn it loose. Walk off. Let the Lord work on it. Don't go back and pick it up. Don't go back and ask God if he needs any help. Walk off from it. Leave it at him and let him fix it and it will get fixed. But when you go back and try to pick it up because he's not working fast enough or he, he, didn't, he didn't fix it the way that you wanted it fixed and you go back and pick it up, that's your own fault. Whatever happens from that point on is your own fault. You need to leave it alone and let him fix it his way and it will stay fixed if you will leave it alone and let him do it the way that he knows is the right way to do it. But his father, their fathers went down into Egypt with 70 persons. Seventy. They they camped, uh, they came into the land of Canaan, uh, and they camped in the land of Canaan, and there was 70 people. When they left out of there, I'm trying to think, I believe they was. I can't I can't own them. I can't remember. I'm not going to say. But there was a lot of people that came out of Egypt just to men. And now then they are uh, 40, 41 year, 41, 42 years later, they are as the stars in the heavens. They're hard to number. God, even though, even though they felt faltered, and even though they failed, and even though they they got in trouble, and even though they, they messed up multiple times, God still blessed them. You know, I the one thing I guess that amazes me is, is I figured it up, um, and they it it takes an enormous amount of food to feed these people every day, every day. And what I figured it up on was just the men alone. I didn't figure up the uh, the women, the children, and uh, the uh, foreigners, the strangers that came out of Egypt with them that were not Israelites. I did not count those. All I counted was the men, and I figured up the food and everything. And it was it was unreal at the amount of food it took a day to feed these people. The water was unreal of the gallons of water that it took for these people, not counting their animals. I See, I didn't even count the food and the water for their animals. It was for the men of Israel only, and it was unreal. God supplied that every day of their life. Their garments never waxed old. Their shoes never got old. They never went hungry. They... I mean, to the point of almost passing out. Uh, they complained all the time because they, they was eating manna every day. And, um, you know, I can understand getting tired of the same food over and over and over and over again, but there's, there's ways of doing everything. You see, they want, they wanted to complain and, and, and go up and blame it on Moses and Aaron and, and it and gripe at them and everything uh but you know the they got in trouble every time they didn't did that but now then we had these daughters if you remember the daughters that their their father died and they didn't have any brothers and they went up calmly and asked moses and moses we've got a question you know uh What happens to our father's inheritance when we get over into the promised land? You know, we have no brothers, so there are no men in our family, our immediate family, to take that possession. So what's going to happen to our possession? Where are we going to live? And Moses, I can just imagine Moses looking at them and said, huh, I never thought about that. I'm going to have to go ask God about that one. And he did that. And God gave him an answer. A very good answer. But see, they went in calmly. They didn't go in fussing and griping and, and throwing stuff and uh, hollering and cussing and going on. They just went calmly went to Moses and said, Moses, we've got a problem. And we've got a question. And that their, their problem was solved and their question was answered. When you take the time to do it calmly and not get bold and rash and and give your two cents of exactly how it's supposed to be done, go to the Lord. Tell the Lord, I've got a problem I need you to fix. I, I can't do it even even if you have tried to do it. Tell the Lord, say, I have tried to fix it, Lord, and there is no earthly possible way to fix this. But I also know, God, that there's nothing impossible with you. Lay it down at his feet. Walk off. Let him take care of it. You will get a blessing in the long run. It may not be done in the time, uh, time that you think it ought to be done. It might not be done the way that you thought it'd be done. But if you will let the Lord work it out completely, you will find out that the outcome is so much better than what you thought that it was going to be. Because God God don't do nothing just halfway. It's all the way or none at all. I thank you all for listening. I hope you all got something out of this. Until the next time, may God bless you in a great and mighty way.